Hi, everyone. I'm Bethany Lozada. Thank you so much for joining me in my podcast, Overcomers, where we talk about how to overcome life's difficulties with a friend, faith, and a cup of tea. Today, I'm drinking cinnamon bark with lemon zest. It's great for a fall afternoon with the richness of the cinnamon and a little punch of citrus. Today is our episode one in our series, Overcome by Anxiety to Overcomer, a mother and daughter's faith journey prevailing through anxiety. I want to first start off with sharing a little bit of my own family's story of anxiety, and then we're going to talk about how to help our toddlers overcome extreme emotions. Go ahead and pull up a chair, put on your comfy clothes, your cozy slippers, grab a hot cup of tea, and we'll begin. Just over five years ago, when my daughter was nine years old, we went on a family trip. One morning after breakfast, she was headed back up to the room and she threw up in the middle of the hallway. This seemed like such a benign event, but it ended up triggering an extreme anxiety in my daughter and rocked our world. Once we got home, I noticed that my daughter started eating and drinking less. I talked to her about it and asked why. And it seemed that she was just so afraid of throwing up again that if by eating and drinking could cause her to throw up. I tried to reason with her and let her know that even if she did throw up, that it would be okay and she shouldn't worry about it. But it didn't seem to make a difference with her. She started becoming withdrawn. She's normally a very extroverted girl, loves being with her friends, involved in activities, and I saw her not wanting to leave the house anymore. We were very concerned and took her to a pediatrician, and he said that he didn't think there was anything physically wrong with her, and it was just a fact of mind over matter. Well, as a mom, I was relieved to know that there was nothing physically wrong with my daughter, but at the same time, I felt helpless. I didn't know what was wrong with my daughter or what steps to take next. I had already tried reasoning with her and that didn't work, so I didn't know how to convince her to have mind over matter. My daughter also felt awful because she really didn't want to feel that way or be losing weight or struggling and not be with her friends. She wanted to feel better and didn't understand what was going on inside of her. Well, after the doctor's appointment, the anxiety continued. She was eating and drinking less and less, experiencing multiple panic attacks every day. And we ended up going to the emergency room and she was treated for dehydration. And when she was discharged, we had to find a therapist and a psychiatrist to help us. I spent hours looking for phone numbers, scouring the internet, just trying to find a therapist and psychiatrist that could fit us into their schedule and see us as quickly as possible. We first went to the therapist and it was very unsuccessful because my daughter wasn't able to engage in the therapy. She was completely shut down. Next, we went to the psychiatrist and he diagnosed my daughter with extreme generalized anxiety disorder. From there, at least we had a name to what she was experiencing and then we could come up with a plan of how we were going to battle anxiety with her and help her. We came up with a three-pronged approach. We used medication, therapy, and working really hard at home and implementing all of our plans and goals to help her. 
I just want to spend a minute on the topic of medication. I know many of you probably grew up in families that saw taking medication for a physical disease or issue as perfectly fine, maybe for diabetes or high blood pressure. But the thought of taking a medication for something that has to do with your mind or mental health was probably viewed as being a weakness or that you were incapable. We need to make sure as parents, our past experiences don't cause us to become a barrier to our child receiving help and what they need. As a parent, there's nothing I want more than for my child to feel successful and capable in whatever that they're facing. And for us, that was including medication. I remember the first time we gave her her dose. Remember, she doesn't like eating or drinking anything. It took us four hours to get her to finish her medication. But with perseverance and persistence every day, it got easier and easier. And we started seeing a change in her. Then she was able to go back to a new therapist and start engaging in her therapy and putting a plan at work at home where we were combating that anxiety every day. Not only did that time rock my daughter's world, it also rocked my world and my faith. I started asking God, why? Why is this happening? This doesn't even make sense. Who gets extreme anxiety from throwing up? I spoke with a friend who shared a few Bible verses that really helped me change my perspective and see where God was during my struggle. I'd like to share that with you. It's Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. And it says, Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're drowning. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. I don't know if whatever struggle you're going through right now You can relate and you feel like your boat is being rocked back and forth. You can feel the waves of your troubles washing over you and feel the sting of that salty sea in your eyes. Maybe you can relate to those disciples like I did in those minutes, feeling frantic, not knowing what to do, looking anywhere for help. And then there's Jesus who's in the boat, completely calm and asleep, full of peace. I needed to learn to shift my view from the storm and the trial I was going through to my view on Jesus, who was with me in the same boat, in my same trial. He was there full of peace and calm because he was in control. So I can choose to be frantic or I can choose to hold on to the peace and calm that Jesus offers me. I had to put my faith that if God was allowing me to go through this struggle, that means that he can turn it to good in the end for both me, my family, and my daughter. I chose to hold on to that. If I had to summarize that crisis and trial in my life, I would call it attacked by anxiety. I'm wondering, how would you summarize whatever struggle or trial you're going through right now in a couple of words? If you want to share with me, post it in the comments below. Now that I've shared a little bit of my family story with anxiety, I want to go back chronologically and talk about a toddler and how they can overcome extreme emotions. 
Once my daughter went through anxiety, I was able to go ahead and look back to her toddler years and see those extreme emotions coming out and ways that we were able to help her combat that. I remember when my daughter was three years old and she wanted to start playing soccer. We were so excited. We went out and got all the gear, the soccer socks, the cleats, the shin guards, and we're ready to go. On game day, I tried putting her cleats on with her socks and she just had a complete meltdown. The socks were bothering her with the little balls on the edges. The cleats were too tight. I tried everything I could to remedy the situation. I cut off the little edges of the socks. I loosened the laces as much as I could, but there was nothing that I could do to help make her feel comfortable and able to go play on the field. We left the field that day completely defeated, both of us. I went back and I read the rules and it said that the players have to have a closed-toed shoes and shin guards. So I decided to problem solve and went out and found some Velcro shoes or sandals with little rubber soles over the toes. So I put my daughter in those sandals with shin guards and no socks for the next game. And she went out there, had the time of her life, played her heart out, did not care if she looked different from the other players and made her own fashion statement. It was a win for both of us. Sometimes as parents, when your toddler's going through these extreme emotions, we have to get creative and find ways of how to support them and love them even when they're going through these difficult times. Or maybe your child was one who had these very public outbursts or meltdowns. Maybe you're in a store and they throw themselves all over the ground, yelling and screaming, and you're wondering if they're possessed. You pick them up, try to get out of the store as fast as possible, and they're grabbing at people, things, and doors on your way out. We had that happen too. I'm sure you have plenty of stories of how your toddler has expressed their extreme emotions. I want to give you just a couple of tips to help you with your toddler when they're going through these times. The first one is your main goal is just to help your toddler calm down. They can't function, think, or reason at all when they're going through these meltdowns and extreme emotions. How can you get them calm? It's usually one of two ways. Some toddlers do better if you just leave them alone and give them some space and they'll calm themselves down. And other ones need you to come alongside them and give them a hug or hold on to them to reassure them. I know my daughter was the latter. She wanted love and affection and just our physical presence holding them. That was completely unnatural for me though. I was feeling frustrated and angry that she's melting down and embarrassed. But I had to calm myself and see what was my main goal in the situation to get her calm. And to do that, I needed to be calm and just hold on to her. And when I would do that, she would calm down much faster than any other way. The second tip I'll give is helping your toddler learn how to verbalize their feelings. One way you can do that is by showing your toddler a bunch of different faces with different emotions. When they're feeling angry, sad, happy, calm, tired, overjoyed, whatever it is, you can have those faces. They can point to what they're feeling and then you can help your child name what that emotion is. Or maybe it's in experience, you're out running errands and it's an hour past lunchtime and your child is starting to get angry and you know it's because they haven't eaten. You can let your child know, 
I know, buddy, you must be really hungry. We're an hour past bed or past lunchtime. You must be hangry, which means hungry and angry. Now you've named the emotion and they know what it is that they're feeling. Or maybe your toddler's with a friend and that friend grabs their toy right out of their hand and they get really upset and want to go over to hit them. You can pull your toddler aside and talk to them and say, wow, you must feel really upset right now because your friend took something that was yours. That's worth being upset about. That was really unkind. And you can name that emotion and teach them a better way of how to respond. Also, we need to be aware of what triggers our toddlers have that make them experience these extreme emotions. Sometimes they're situational, environmental, or relational. I'm going to give you some examples. Maybe your child can't handle having dirty hands. They love to go to the playground and be with their friends or play in the sand, but when they look at their hands and feel them dirty, they get really upset. Something you can do to help prevent that is keep baby wipes in your bag. And then when they're feeling dirty, you can just wipe it away. You can prevent it and help lessen the blow of their emotions. Another example is if your child gets really upset every time that you pick them up late from daycare or preschool, you can work really hard at trying to be there on time and have a plan that if you're going to be late, you call the daycare or the preschool to let them know so they can let your child know that you're going to be picking them up a little late. And then they're going to feel more relaxed because they know what to expect. Maybe your child doesn't do well in large crowds of people for extended amounts of time. If you know that and you're going to a big party with lots of people, you can plan some time and space for them to be alone or leave the party after an hour or two so that they can home and ha- get home and have some downtime to themselves. The last example I'm going to give is one I think a lot of children deal with, and that's separation anxiety. Maybe you're going out for the evening and got a babysitter, and your child is really upset because they're fearful that something might happen to you, or they're afraid of the dark and like your cuddles with them. Finding ways to help them transition when you're gone and being with the babysitter is really important. One thing that you can do that I used with my daughter when she struggled with this is leave them with a picture of yourself so they can hold that picture and see you even when you're not there. Maybe having their special stuffed animal out to hold on to as well or a special treat they don't normally get that they get to have with the babysitter or a favorite TV show to watch with her. Those are just some ways. Thank you and help prepare the transition for your child, and then maybe let them know when you get home that you're going to come and tuck them in or say goodnight so they know that you arrive safely back home. The last tip I'm going to give is called the angry box. It's something that we use with my daughter for a while that I found helped a lot. The important thing with the angry box is that you have it in a place in your home that's easily accessible and visible. It can be made out of anything, cardboard, plastic, whatever you have, and you want to put items in there to help your child calm down. The most important thing is that you realize when your child is starting to get really upset and have extreme emotions. Some kids start shaking and stomping their feet, or they might start yelling or raising their voice or getting really hot and heated. It's important as a parent that you're in tune and figuring out when your child is starting the snowball of 
meltdown and getting really upset. That's when you want to redirect them to their angry box to help calm them down before it's too late. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what you could put in your angry box. I put some in here for you to see and we'll talk about some others. One is using a sequence pillow. There's something about the tactile motion that's so soothing that they can pass their hands through. Another thing is using bubble wrap. It's great for pinching and getting that physical energy out and concentration. They can stomp on it, pinch it, twist it, do whatever they want and make that sound. Also, using a jump rope is a great way to get that physical energy out. They can pull on silly putty and stretch it out or maybe Play-Doh. Also, using a stress ball to squeeze is a great way for that physical energy to be released. Using a bottle of bubbles can be great for blowing concentrated breaths to help calm them, focusing on their breathing and putting their attention on something else. Also, we have little stuffed animals that might be calming to some kids to hold on to. Maybe a little pillow that they can yell into if your child's very verbal and you don't want to hear them scream, they can scream into a pillow. If they like art and are creative, you can put crayons and construction paper or coloring book in there that they can draw on. Maybe some scratch and sniff stickers that they can scratch and smell and is soothing for them. Also, some kids get really hot when they're angry. Having a little handheld fan in your angry box that they can just blow on themselves can be super calming for them as well. I'd like to know what other ideas you can come up with that have worked for your child or you're thinking about trying. Please post them in the comments below and let us know. This is a good project that you can do with your toddler. Talk about it together, what items you can put in there, what they would enjoy, make it exciting for them, and start off by going and visiting the angry box before they ever even get angry so they can start making it a routine and a habit, knowing that it's there and they can use it. Sometimes we as adults need our own angry boxes, right? We get full of emotion too and angry and we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, having healthy responses to be good examples to our kids of showing how to handle our angry, angry feelings. Maybe for you that's taking a bubble bath, going for a walk, listening to some music, reading a book, whatever it is. Have a few things that you can pull out when you're feeling frustrated and angry so that you can express that in a healthy way. I want to thank you so much for joining me today as I've sh shared a little bit about our anxiety story and talked about how we can help our toddlers overcome their extreme emotions. Next time, we're going to talk about elementary age and how we can help them with their emotions. I'd like to end today with a passage from the scripture and a prayer over you. Psalms 9.9 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Dear Lord, I lift up my friend to you today and ask that you would be their refuge, that they would know that you are in this storm with them and want to restore peace to their lives. Pour out a calm spirit over my friend and draw them close to you. Let them know that you are with them in the midst of the crashing waves around them. Give them the ability to withstand the storm and look to you. Pour out your hope into their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining me in my podcast, Overcomers, and I hope to see you next time.